Welcome into the DNBR Avalanche Podcast post game as the Avs complete the comeback and then some against the Dallas Stars. They win the game six to three. Feels really, really good right now. Did not feel good earlier in the game, but you know what? That's hockey for you. You got to go through the ups and the downs. You got to get a little bit of everything in it. Uh, I guess we should start with the 60-second rundown. Let's go there. I really don't think the Avs played that bad in the first. Just a couple of critical mistakes that they pay the price for. That cost them two goals. They end up down 2-0 against a good hockey team. Bad feels. You get into the second period. You feel like if they get the next one, they're still in it. They do not. It ends up being a 3-0 game in Dallas's favor. And honestly, my hopes were limited at that point. I was not expecting a whole lot out of Colorado, but they start working. They get one off of a nice little play from their third line. Springs Miles Wood for a breakaway who finishes. Then they get a second later in the period. Uh, And all of a sudden, this Avs team just seems to come alive. And then they get into the third period, which is the avalanche period. And they drop four goals on Dallas and run away with this thing at the end of the game to take down the biggest win of the season, in my opinion. Boom. Don't need the last three seconds at all. Uh, I, I do Neither did s- the abs. Yeah, they didn't need like the last five minutes. They were good. I do want to start back in the first period, though. And I want to start here. Abs continue to struggle getting the first goal of the game. I know they got one the other night, but continues to be the majority of games this season they give up the first one. How are we feeling about it tonight? Was this one a bit fluky? Is this one that they needed to do a better job of preventing Sagan from scoring that goal? Where are we at? I, I, I liked it a few games, or especially in the first seven, eight games. They stomped on teams right away. You can see... They're flying. You could see, like last game, you could see 29 flying through the screen. You could see Makar flying through the screen. It was like, oh, it's coming. It's coming. Tonight, I felt it was more like a chess match. I didn't mind their first 10 minutes. I told you, I actually, hey, it's against a good team. Dallas is a good team. You're on the road at 0-0. Yeah, I didn't like those. I didn't like those first two goals. And, and those are the goals that, as a coaching staff, you don't like. You know, because they're easily correctable. You fall in a hole it's not a recipe to win games all the time hey did i like the fight did i like the comebacks awesome but yeah to answer your question i i, I think the abs are at their best when they they go at teams and and, and they get on the board early you know and, and again they have one of the most comebacks in in the league right you know yeah. there, there's yeah. a reason because you know you don't you, there's no quit on that team plus there's also they're gonna get their pushes in a 60 minute game which they did tonight but you'd like for them to get on top of games and I think this is one of those things where in the regular season, the abs are often good enough to win anyway, but that does not make it a good habit. So. I know that a 6-3 outcome, it's hard to really knock the abs for the comeback effort that they made, but I'm with Eric. The way they allow the first three goals, really, but the two inside the first is pretty inexcusable hockey, and It briefly made me reconsider the entirety of the conversation surrounding Dallas and Avs. Like, do the Avs even belong in the conversation of being a team to contend opposite of Dallas in the standings? And that's a bit dramatic of me, but they just weren't (laughs) playing good enough to make that the conversation 
in the first period and the start of that second period because I agreed the opening 10 it was very neutralized back and forth and I think even the abs were the ones creating chances at first but what bothered me was that first goal is a little bit fluky in that a shot gets deflected and goes a weird direction but then they just get outplayed in the corner and instead of bouncing back from that with the right type of momentum they take a bad penalty and allow a power play goal against a good power play team and so that's the issue is the emotional mental response that they have to allowing that first goal which i'll give to them was a little bit weird but they did get outworked in the corner and they just weren't on all three of these goals covering their nut front very well they were allowing it to be very easily accessible and weren't very physically punishing to the players in their own crease and this bothered me a little bit because that's an issue of effort you know it wasn't that they were getting outmatched net played it's they were getting out something mentally like they they were letting that side of the game beat them and they weren't effort wise where i needed to see them coming out of the first period in my opinion the best player on the ice was logan o'connor and it it was interesting then the direction that this game goes the players that get them back in this are the workhorses and to me when you're looking at a dallas team and you're talking about the top of the line of the top stars it shouldn't be the workhorses that are winning this game for you and getting you back in it. And I think that's the issue I have with the way the Avs started this game. It, I do think it was a bit frustrating, especially to your point of giving up those net front opportunities. Obviously, the Avs figured this game out. They got it together in the second half, but it felt a little bit too frequent in the first half of this game where it was the same play that was continually beating them. It took a little bit too long for that adjustment to get made on Colorado's side. And, uh, I mean, let's be real. Tough night for Jonathan Druin. Again. That penalty you just can't have. Eric summed it up on the watch along for us. It's a play that should be an easy dumped-in puck, and you're out of there. Turns into a turnover, into a penalty, and then ultimately a puck in the back of your net. Those are the plays that kill you in the playoffs. Yep. And and I and I keep hearing Bednar at every presser, and all the players they're they're they want to play hockey the right way to get themselves ready for playoffs. That's a, that's a non-playoff play. That that is a one-on-four of the blue line. You just gave up a goal. That was really like Megan said. Not a not a lot of urgency on that first goal. Everybody was loose. Everybody's like, oh, I'll get it. I'll get there. Even Georgie overcommits right. Then he's down. He's done. He, and then Tyler Sagan's a good goal scorer, right? He's got bunch of goals in this league so but that play the second goal there i mean you know the, the the play at the blue line and we talked about it on the pregame blue lines it's an easy decision to get that deep and that's what got them in trouble a few weeks ago and you know like those plays and that's what turned games around and then you take a penalty there and then you, you don't kill those penalties you'll kill the penalties where you, you stick together as a teammate you you defend a goal or but at the opposite blue line you take a penalty that's useless and because it's a careless play, and the NHL is not forgiven. It doesn't forgive, and all of a sudden you're down in a two-nothing hole, right? And 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 those are plays that are easily avoidable, and and that's where Jonathan is going to need to be better to get his place in the lineup more consistently and 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 with a bigger role in the lineup. But that's a play that just can't happen. Yep. Uh, a couple other players I wanted to kind of touch on on the bad portion of this game. One. He ended up with assist at the end of the night, I think. But you're looking at a defense that had their issues tonight, but kind of got it together. Sam Gerard struggled to get it together tonight. 
Um, the first period and first half of the game, really, I don't know if there was much redeeming for Gerard in that one. When you're looking at a team who's having some guys having tough nights like this, what's the conversation on the bench? Is, is it, hey, the coach is going to bench you and we're just going to move on? Or is there, like, something to get these types of guys going when they're struggling? Well, I'll answer. I mean, I'll let AJ talk after Megan, but... As a player, sometimes you just don't have it. And, and when you don't have it, sometimes you don't have your legs, you don't feel good. You just got to keep things simple. And and they say it all the time, and coaches will say it, guys on the bench will say it, keep it simple, stupid. And it sounds idiotic, but it's true. And, and make the easy play. You got to have goldfish memory, right? You know, you got to erase it. You just got to move on to the yep. next play. And, and Sam's had a tremendous year so far for me. You know what I mean? And, and tonight, yeah, he had a tough first period. You know, again, it's that first period, that first goal. There's, there's no urgency to get there. Guys are loose. And, you know, there's only there's five guys, not just Sam. But, yeah, I agree with you. I didn't like his, his first half. I thought he was way better in the second half. And, and that's the only thing you can do is you, you don't want to sink further. You want to fall down but get back up. And I think a lot of guys got back up, you know. Gorgiev included, Gerard. Yep. I don't know what you guys think, but that would be my take on I mean, Sammy tonight. I think Gerard got better, but he was also very bad in the front yeah, half yeah, of yeah. this game. So yeah, I mean, I think the Avs just as a team were man. I mean, what's you talk about a redeeming first half of the game, whatever. But you know, I know Eric really doesn't like the penalty on Duran, but then you have a penalty kill that's ridiculous. Yeah. You have Ryan Johansson out there entirely to win a face-off. Oh, no, no. Yeah, he, I agree. he loses yeah. it. Then he doesn't cover anybody. Yep. And Kale McCarr goes back there to try and take away the pass. And doesn't take away right the pass. goes right through him. Yeah. And a puck, a puck just goes right through your goaltender. It, yeah, Duran is in the box for a mistake. But as a, 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 you win and lose as a team, you got to lift guys up sometimes. Yep. Agree. And it's ridiculous to watch that. I mean, the, the, the pass from behind the net out in front. I mean, what are, what are we doing here? What, like... What, what is this, a revolutionary concept for the Avs defense to try and handle? <laughs> it's a, Miko doesn't do this to him every yeah, practice. It's, it's a joke, goal. dude. I mean, it's a, it's a joke to see them just feast on high-danger chances like that. Yep. And not all of them get through, not all of them connect, but watching them, you know, the, the first save of the game from Georgiev is that play. Yep. And he's trying to, he's trying to deal with it all game, and... As much as I don't like that puck getting through him on the second goal, it's just like, can you help a brother out some? Just do something to help this guy. Because yeah. it just, it, it was frustrating to watch. It was frustrating to watch them. It's the same thing over and over and over and over. It's not like you're getting beaten transition and that guy falls down or that guy's too slow. And, oh, then you get on the site. It's the same stuff. It's a puck coming from out behind the net, out in front, and the guy just banging away at it, and you're just losing. You're getting outworked. Yep. You know, and, and process-wise, there are things to like in the first period of the game. Great. Well, woohoo! <laughs> it's 2 nothing at the end of it. It's ridiculous, man. The slow starts are, like, you, you can have a slow start, but it's just, it's, it's dumb. And, and it's, I think it's dumb that you can't seem to get on top of a team. Eric says that, oh, I think they're better when they're, they're playing from out in front. How would we know? They don't ever do it. <laughs> it's frustrating to watch, man. It's frustrating. It's... It's hard with that second goal for me because that, we traced it. You can trace it all the way back. Oh, he should have made that save, but he wouldn't have had to make that save mm -hmm. if Rijo and McCarr played better defense on that penalty kill. And they're but not they on the penalty kill if Duran doesn't take the penalty. Right. And it's and this is where my frustration with uh, Megan's talking about the emotional response to stuff. It's compounding mistakes. It's not putting a stop to a mistake and saying, all right, 
that's the mistake. We're done with it. It's we're gonna make a mistake. Then a different guy's gonna make a mistake. Then a different guy's gonna make a mistake. Then another one. And the next thing you know, you're down three nothing in a game that you really, really, really want to win. It's it's bad hockey, yeah. and it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder about a leadership vacuum, and it makes you wonder about. It, it makes you wonder. Okay, hey, they they get away with it in a game in November. Awesome. You need all the wins you can get. That's fine. But get Zooks. You you don't want to continue to have to. They are now tied for the NHL leading comeback wins. Oh, I, I know that. that's. A little iffy that because means any one goal deficit. But. Exactly, that counts. That counts them being down one nothing and then going on to win a game. Well, in this one, it was three. So it's it to me. It was frustrating to watch, and it is. It, it's a it's a concerning aspect that is no longer just like, you know, we're sixteen games into it. We're coming up on the quarter mark of the season. Yep. You're you're talking about a fourth of your games are nearly completed, and you're not even close to being 50-50 in first goal of the game. You, you've given up the first goal on 11 of them. So, you know, it is, it, it is frustrating. To me, it's very frustrating to watch that this dynamic just continues to play itself out. But I'm going, but you, you said you go back, you know, to, right, all the way to don't, don't make that play, don't take that penalty, then he doesn't have to make that save. And I agree with that. And then go back, and I'm, I'm going to go like this, you know, biggies, three keys, you know, discipline. Don't take useless penalties. And, and, and in big games, you can't take useless penalties. For me, that qualifies as a useless penalty. And then, of course, there's so many mistakes happen. I don't know what you think, Megan, but that that's the way I look at it. You know. Absolutely. I think that the conversation around the top six in the way that they start this period is they're too passive, yep. and I don't think they were involved enough. I think... Gerard had a tough start to the game, but I thought the Gerard Byram pairing together had a tough start to this game. That's fair. I think that both Byram and Gerard were not committed enough in their net front coverage, and I think that they were overthinking things a little bit offensively. I recall Byram overpassing in the offensive zone when they were losing the shots battle at that point. It was past that 10-minute mark where they needed to gain an edge there, and it's just not the right choice. It's a mental lapse, and this is something that I think later in the game they overcome a bit, but when you're top six and, like, yeah, when you're top four and your top six aren't starting the game on time and you get the impression at least from the top six forwards group outside of Anatushkin who I thought was working the whole game agree there's a passivity that's a problem because that's avoidable that's not them getting outplayed that's them not being committed enough yep and that's uh, that's what's the problem with a lot of these goals is you nailed it if Dallas went out there and made a ridiculous play and that's yeah, two nothing because they just beat the abs. You go, okay, tip your cap. They're a good hockey team. They're gonna do some of that. But when you when you're breaking down five different errors leading to the second goal, I'm not taking credit away from Dallas for converting the chance, but you're looking at Colorado and saying you need better. It's just not Absolutely. that complicated. Yeah, I mean it's it's not unlike like Kibby Ronta's goal the other day where it's a good chance they can, you know, oh, everything is good. And then it gets to the very end of it, and you're like, your goalie needs to stop that. Yeah. Regardless of what else happens, you pay your goaltender to stop pucks. Yep. He's your last line of defense. For Georgiev, the second goal is the one that really just, like, ate away at me all game. Because you want your starting goaltender to make that save in particular. Yep. One-timers from, you know, those those quick passing plays from out behind, you know, when they put them, those are well-placed. Hard, like, hard to track. Yeah, that. you're yeah. like, hey, it is what it is, but... Georgiev giving that one up is like, dude, you get 80% of that puck. Yep. Like, it's not a special shot. You should be, you should have that one. Yep. It, it Your just, last line of defense is leaky right now. 
Yeah, it is. I, I do want to talk more about Georgiev, both sides of his game. Uh, but before we get into the Georgiev conversation, we got to get into a conversation about hero bread. Got yes. there eventually. Uh, for real though, hero bread for a hero comeback. Maybe is that what I should have gone with? <laughs> I love yeah. it. Got there in the end. Uh, hero bread, a fantastic option for a healthy bread choice. I know a lot of people out there, whether it's like the keto diet or whatever, you have to avoid bread because it turns out bread, at least the processed kind, is like really bad for you. <laughs> but Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar per serving. Uh, they have five to 10 grams of protein per serving, and it's also ultra low carb. So you can eat it. It's, it's not gonna mess you up when you eat it. It's not gonna be a problem that you have to avoid. Uh, and it comes in more than just sliced bread. You can get it in tortillas or buns or all sorts of other options. So you can hot eat it. Hot dog buns. Like, I've had that. There you go. Yep. The hot dog man himself over yes, here. Yes, sir. Uh, Big E. Uh, <laughs> how many times have you done that tonight? I feel uh, like you're on, you. you're on the chipmunk train. <laughs> chipmunk train. That's better, right? Got Eric doing it, too. <laughs> Hero Bread is a fantastic option. You can go over to Hero.co today and be sure to use the DNBR code to get... 10% off your order there. You can also get it on Amazon if you're not cool and you don't want to support the DNBR gang, but go to hero.co today. Get it there. Get the delicious, awesome bread from Hero Bread at a great price. And then get over to MSU Denver where you can learn to get smart and stuff. Over 90 different majors available through MSU Denver. You can take classes online or in person or a mix of both. You can even take a path where you kind of select your own major and go through different classes that you want to take and figure it out as you go. A ton of amazing options there. I know a bunch of us here at DNVR went, Tiff, our producer, myself. We all uh, have experienced it. It's a great place, especially if you're coming back to college, if you took some time off like Tiff and I did. MSU is the way to get back into it. So go check them out today at msudenver.edu. You can currently register for spring semester classes right now. Get in on it before it's too late. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast, Georgiev. Let's talk about it. Because okay. he was not very good, I think it's safe to say, in the first half of this game. The second goal you don't love. The third goal he gives up a rebound you don't love. There are other problems there, as we discussed with the second goal. On the third goal, Gerard kind of just isn't covering his man, isn't boxing out on the rebound, and there was a bad turnover that led to it in the first place. Then he locks it down after three. He makes all the saves he needs to. Where are we with this performance? A, you need better and you got away with it, or a good enough? You need better and you got away with it. Okay. And really, one, one extra save. Sure. You know, one extra save and you feel great about it. It's a three-goal league for the most part, so the abs have been... Not a three goals ever. Weirdly yeah. immune to the three-goal <laughs> lead uh, league thing, so... Um, hard to remember that, that that is like the average score of an NHL game is three to two, but... Uh, I just a little bit better from your give. You just you're talking one save here, so it's not like he has a long way to go. Sure, but you do you do want just to lock in just a little bit sooner. I think it's hard for me because if the Avs had allowed those goals at a different point in the game, like if they had provided goal support and Georgiev didn't make that save on the power play or penalty penalty <clears throat> kill, 
I would have an issue with it. But I think it's hard, and he gets paid a lot of money, but it's hard for a goaltender's confidence if the goal support isn't there. And at that point in the game, it wasn't. And, and so it's hard, I have to imagine, to steal a game when you don't see the goals in sight. And at that point, the effort level from the team in front of him, especially from the team's stars and leaders, was unsatisfactory. I'm not sure I'm ready to have a total critical analysis of Georgiev yet. I still think that we've yet to see better from him. I think he's capable of better, but I'd really like to see a game where the Avs start well and dominate early, and then I can better evaluate Georgiev in those moments. But I still think at least that power play goal against, I would have maybe liked to see him get that one, but I'm still not ready to totally throw Georgiev under the bus. No, I, and I'm a, as big a supporter. I am, and I love him. I still think he's a top 10 goalie in the league. His first six, seven games, he's bang on. His numbers are great. And his next six, seven games, including tonight, he's okay. He's okay. Um, stretches of the game, like we talked about, AJ talked about in the second period there. He doesn't allow that fourth one to go in, which that's your job. That is a three. I, I mean, we said that at 2 nothing can't have that third one going. It did, but then I certainly can't have that fourth one. Um, I always say it's blackjack, right? You know, sometimes you just can't win a hand, and sometimes right now it seems like in these six, seven, eight games, you know, um, pucks go in on those scoring chances, you know, and, and it just he's not making the save. Um, you know, there's a couple goals tonight. Yeah, I don't like them. I, I don't. I, I, they're, they're fine. You know, they're okay, but they're just – to, to win, especially in the playoffs, you, you got to make those saves. Those yeah. those can go in. Now, I think he's going to have now, and you know, hopefully next game, you know, like a nice stretch of six, seven, eight games, might have a dip again. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's like those elite players. It's it's Mac and and Miko. There's been some stretches this year where they haven't been, you know, they've been average. Yep. You know, and, and like AJ said, you get away with it. You know what I mean? Like, and then you win games. You know, so I do expect him to to, to get his groove back a little bit. It was an okay effort tonight, and I agree with everyone. I think, you know, they got away from it because somewhere, somehow, Ottinger gave up five. He was the worst goalie at the end of the night. There you go. That's it. And and, and again, we love both, right? <laughs> but Ottinger was below Georgie tonight. Yeah. No doubt so, about it. And, yeah. and it is hard because... At the end of the game, yeah, he gave up three, but then didn't give up the next one, which allowed yeah. the Avs back into the game and ultimately to win the game. Would have made his life a lot easier if he only allowed two. Yeah. <laughs> but that's your job as a goalie, right? You're out there, and it's a game within the game. And now the only focus is I can't give up one more. Yep. I don't care if I have to, to split my, my groins open and you know <laughs> make that. I mean, it is what it is. Do or die. You can't let that one go in because if it goes in, it's over. Yep. And it never went in, so it was never over. And then the, the tides turned. Right. After the wood goal, Georgiev turned it on. Yeah. And yep. that was the perfect timing in the goaltender battle. He saw that, oh, maybe the Avs can win this game. Right. And that's actually <laughs> impressive because, you know, with still a two-goal deficit, that is a hard deficit to close in on. Georgiev, to have that belief in the team is important, too. Yep. Uh, we see the well over 100 likes in chat. Thank you very much. So let's do our vitamin W winner shots here. Cheers. Cheers. All the way around. Thank you for the likes, chat. Celebrate the dub. It's a big one. Our vitamin W winner's shots are brought to you by Breckenridge Distillery. By the way, head on over to Breck Distillery. 
to get yourself some award-winning whiskey and see all of their available alcohols. Wanted to start moving into the good here. <laughs> uh, Ab's third line continues to just get the job done. Is it is it the Colton Wood O'Connor combo? Is it is this just what has clicked? Is this what it's gonna be? They're so they're so good. They're workhorses. They are constantly hounding for pucks, retrieving pucks, and they give the abs better opportunities like that the extended shifts in the ozone lead to tired dallas legs and if that means that that next ozone face off they can get better guys on and just give them a better chance to get in these things and and tonight too i thought that the third line gave them that that best chance truthfully and the goals especially the wood goal is just born from pure hard work but i think the colton pass from center ice to wood on that play was so excellent too. So there's absolutely skill upside. I don't want to overlook within this third line, but I think that's where, and I, I want to give credit to Mason Marchman and I hate doing this, but he also <laughs> works very hard. And I think that's why that he had individually so much success against the abs, but the whole of the abs third line outworked the third line of Dallas. Yep. And it was hard to do. Cause again, Marchman was working, but I think it's the energy that they provide the group for a full 60 that is really hard to compete with i mean there guys like that are judged differently at the end of a game at the end of a year right sure the miko or nate or you know those guys need to work those guys need to be the hardest working guys on the ice and like megan said they've been they've been the hardest work look at them the last few years they turn games around they make them win and there's a reason why you know megan and my you know my good buddies adrian and and Rudo was so excited when the Avs signed Ross Colton, right? You know, there's a reason for that. And and, and his game, same thing. Russ could have, Ross could have had no points tonight, and you still would have would have seen his effort, would have seen his their game, their momentum swings, right? They go and get the momentum back for the team when they lose it. And in playoffs, we go back to playoffs. That's so important, and that's why those guys, I think. I think they found something here in those three with LOC, right? LOC makes everybody better. Um, but I think they found something where they can't break those three up. They got to keep those three together. And I think it's just as solid as the third line as, as there is in the National Hockey League, if not the best line. If these guys are workhorses are on, they're tough to stop. I have two questions for you, AJ. Okay. One serious and one not so serious. Hit me. Not serious. <laughs> How many skate blades does Miles Wood go through in a single <laughs> hockey? <laughs> it's become like must-see TV. Every, every time, time they, he's on the bench, every time they cut to him on the bench, he's standing up and he's got his leg out, and they're t- they're taking a look at his skate. It's ridiculous. <laughs> what just, is happening there? Just a wild thing that was going on. Number Sometimes two, mental. And this one, I will ask to everybody: Are we good with uh, that not being goalie interference? Yeah, I don't. The entire history of goaltender. Uh, interference. That just can't be allowed to be goalie interference. That puck is on its way in. I can see where Dallas has decided, hey, we are going to challenge this. Um, we think that there's a good shot. There's no contact from anybody around him that causes that contact. Game's probably over if that goal comes off the yeah, board. Yeah, and, and you're, you're, it's, it's kind of an interesting coaching decision. Sure. Because uh, if they don't challenge that and they just get into it, then, okay, the abs have made it 3-1, whatever, yep. but you're back at 5v5. 
they do challenge it. If they win it, it's three nothing. They're feeling like okay, we're we probably they're probably going to lose this game. Uh, and then what happens? They challenge. They're wrong. The Abs get the goal. They get the power play. They don't score on the power play. Yep. But the Abs are spending the entire time in the offensive zone, and it's start winding you know, it up. When, yeah. when you're talking about being up three nothing halfway through a game, and you're trying to script how can we blow this? This is kind of what it looks like. Yeah. Um, so I'm good with that not being. Uh, I don't think that should have been goalie interference. I'm I good. don't. I'm good. I'm good with it. Uh, I I'll speak for myself here. I, I'm not shy, especially been in that position before. Uh, for me, that's a bad call uh, on the Dallas part. It's a good goal. I don't see where you need to challenge that. Puck's already going in. They're, I'm the guy in, in DeBoer's ear or you know his assistant coach. Don't challenge it. It's all good. Move on. You're not going to win that argument. I'm not always right, but on this one, I felt pretty confident. I do believe it's a play that turned things around because you're right. They don't score on that power play, but they go and feel the puck, and they feel good about their game, and then their game starts to turn around. I didn't like the call by Dallas. What I will say as a small defense for Dallas here, because I would not have challenged that if it were me either, Dallas's PK on the night is coming in at like 90% or something. So yeah. they feel good. pretty confident yeah. on it. Yeah. There's something to be said about trusting your guys that, hey, even if this doesn't go our way, we think we can get out of it. And they, yep. they kind of did. They, they don't give up the, the power play The power play itself they got out of. They don't yeah. really do. They don't put themselves in a position to put a halt to Colorado building momentum, even with the kill. And I think that's where you look at it and say, eh, maybe not the best call. Uh, so, ultimately, the Avs do end up breaking through on the power play, just not that <laughs> one, as they get another opportunity later in the period. Uh, it ends up being a Ryan Johansson tip-in goal, a play that the Avs have started to find a lot of success with, with that Makar shot from the point and bodies in front. Have the Avs found a power play recipe for success that is sustainable here? Let me ask it that way. Is any power play ever sustainable? Nah, reasonably I, sustainable. Even inside this game, they didn't fully trust Johansson on the top unit for full sure. time, although bringing him back onto it led to immediate success because of his positioning inside the slot. But even that lack of trust suggests to me that they haven't quite struck gold yet. But... I think part of it is they are disrupted. Not having Lekin in there is an option for the top unit, yeah. so it is a bit disheveled. But I don't know what to say about the Avs power play. When it works, it works, and it's great. <laughs> but I, it, that's just so true of all power plays around the league. Like It is a really good power play when it works, and I think they've been finding some success with Johansson specifically. But I don't think it's quite where they want it to be just yet. I'll go back to my line. Keep it simple, stupid. Because when they do that, a shooting power play is a successful power play. So when they shoot the puck, you got the best guy on top there. Kale McCarr dances to the middle. I mean, I don't know what he does. He opens his hips. Whatever he does, it's it's amazing. And then he he gets shots through. And then you got bodies like like Val that tips pucks. I mean, for me, if if you're not shooting every three four seconds, you're you're doing something wrong. And with with what you have. You should be doing this. And that was a huge power play goal. It, it, it's the turning. I mean, Woods, for me, is the turning point in the game. Uh, Woods' goal. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is a crucial, crucial power play goal there. It's and, true. And that gets them back within a, sh you know, a shot of being tied in the game. And that was a huge power play goal there. On the topic of the power play, uh, Jason, I, I understand why it's incredibly frustrating. Because you're mentioning Kale McCarr. Best goal-scoring defenseman in the NHL since he's joined the league. 
Miko Rantanen, literal 50-goal scorer. Nathan McKinnon, highest-volume shooter in the NHL. And you watch them pass it around for 45 <laughs> seconds and not shoot a puck, and you just want to pull your hair out. Like, it kills me. I, it does. I, I, it's super frustrating. And then they'll turn around and score a goal in five seconds and go, ah, okay. <laughs> well, and I think you got to give the coaching staff a little bit of credit here, too, because they watch Jonathan Duran and not play well. He, he yeah. ends two consecutive power play possessions with turnovers. <laughs> yep. Separate separate entries. They get it back in. He turn, He loses the puck, and it goes down the ice. They pull him off. Rijo comes on. Yep. rest of the top unit is still out there. Rijo comes on. It pays off. They get the goal. The Fair other point. thing about Kale shooting from up top, I don't know. The guy's a wizard. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. I it's don't amazing. understand. Ended up with three assists tonight, by the way. Well, and, 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 and specifically that goal, I don't understand how other teams are not like, you know what? We're going to give up the one-timer to Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to take away Kale McCarr, and we're going to take away Miko Rantanen one-timers. We will live with every other potential outcome. <laughs> no offense to Nathan McKinnon, but if you're a team that is trying on a power play to stop the avalanche, why in whatever deity you believe in, <laughs> would you ever let Kale McCarr just wander on in and shoot pucks at you? <laughs> he he yeah. could be he could be falling away, skating backwards into the wall, you're throwing still wrist shots about at the point, thing, yeah. and you're still not comfortable with it. <laughs> Why in the world would you allow that? But you know what's beautiful? It's baffling to me. But, but you know really what's is. you know what's beautiful? Because it's the way he carries again. I do that. The ice shakes and it's an earthquake. Like oh whatever. You know what I mean? He does it. It's graceful. And you're, you're trying to defend that. You're like, you don't know where to go. And you got to remember, he gains that middle. He comes right to the middle. And what does that do? Then he makes the two guys there, depending on how you're defending it, you have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. You have to communicate. You have to decide, you got this one or you got this one. And then it creates chaos. And then it opens the game up. And then he puts it so much on that. Like, it's so beautiful to get him. You shoot that puck, AJ, because you're a power play defenseman. You were. And it, it hits three bad. It hits three pads. It doesn't get through. You know what I mean? Him, yeah. It looks it, like Sam Gerrard. It does, I, but that, I, yeah, that, but that's why Sammy's not on the power play, right? You know, this guy he gets through, and it's smart, and he finds sticks, and guys are smart too because they know it's coming, because it gets through. It's not like any, you know, like, like Sam. I, I, I hate bashing Sam because he's my buddy and I, I, I love him. But I, I'm just saying, this guy gets it through. And the way he does it, it's so tough to defend. And that's why I hate when they're just like overthinking this power of land. It's going everywhere. Just bring it to him. Let him do his magic and good things will happen. I also, also why, why he's able to get it through is because he's not trying to pick a corner. No. Nope. He's not trying to make the, the really, you know, the Roman Yossi, Brent Burns, <laughs> just blow one past a goaltender. He'll do that sometimes. He's just getting it in there. But yep. for the most part, that's not what he's shooting for. And he's not shooting for a pad for a rebound. He is shooting for that seven hole right under a goaltender's arm. Right in that area, the the puck is really hard to pick up going through traffic. And the puck is much more tippable when it's that when it's that Waist height for a yeah. skater. You see it because the guy's not reaching up, you're not ever in threat of a high stick, and guy's not trying to tip it up at a really sharp angle for it to either go in the net or over or whatever. It is it is and it can go up or down. Tips up or down can go in from there. And it sounds easy. Just shoot for like the midsection, but you have to be able to get it through with enough enough consistency and enough the right uh, amount of power and, and, the, and the, exactly the right amount of force to, to make it difficult to defend. And again, 
they, they're talking about, you're, you're talking about uh, make a decision. My decision is I'm not letting this dude shoot. I'm not doing it. And obviously it looks great when they keep scoring like this over and over and over because they've, they've scored a number of these goals in the last week. Nuke has a couple tips too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it looks really like stop doing this. But it's freaking Kale McCarr. <laughs> Don't let him do this. He will continue to do it. Right. <laughs> but, but, but also for, for, for younger kids out there, that are that are playing, they're teenagers, whatever it is, or beer leaguers. Megan, I dare you to go back and find this guy when he shoots the puck. He doesn't hit the lights on the ceiling of Ball Arena or tonight, uh, whatever it's called in Dallas. His backswing is this high. There's no like, ah, I'm shooting. He just lets it go and it, 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 it hits. I mean, I'm telling you, it doesn't go further than this on the back end. And the way he lets it go is so hard for a goalie because goalies look at your blade. They watch yeah. you release. That's what they're doing. They watch you release. This guy, you don't know when it's going. And when it goes, it goes. There's no, like, I'm shooting. <laughs> hey. So you beer leaguers out there, remember, <laughs> no backswing on the release. Yeah, there's no telegraphing. You don't know, you don't know if no he's going to pass that. You don't know if he's going to shoot it. It's just sitting on a stick, and then it's gone somewhere. Uh... Unserious question for the couch this time, which will lead to a real conversation. But <laughs> the initial question Is there a force stronger in the universe than the X player curse? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? I got one. What is it? true? It'll go back. Is if a, if, a, if a guy has a kid that day, oh, the they dad always strength. It's unreal. Oh, the dad it's, it's unreal. They score. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're right. Against your former team, it's it, it is true. And you know, I sorry I jumped on that, Megan. But uh, but it's also having a kid that they usually guys score goals. I don't, I don't know what it is, but they do. They just do. I, uh, just to read you the stat line because we're gonna talk about Bal a lot. He was amazing in this hockey game. Got the game tying goal. Oh, they took the assists away. That's sad. Which one? Oh, because he uh, went to yeah, the Yeah, because it was yeah. the touch. But a line of ex-Dallas players in Nachushkin, I think it was Kiviranta and Olofsson, that get the abs tied in this game fairly early in the third period. Is that a bunch of guys that are working extra hard tonight to say F you to Dallas, basically? I did see the work ethic from Kiviranta early just yep. to win battles and be difficult to play against. And he does eventually stick on the score sheet with the Cogliano he goal, does, too. Yep. And it's just a, a, a board battle one and an immediate shot release that leads to that loose puck for Cogliano. So I definitely saw it from Kiviranta, I, yep. I will say. Cogliano and X-Star as well. Also, yeah, pretty pretty <laughs> special. Um, but I tell you one thing, it, it's, it's, it's uh, what do you call that? Human nature. Yeah. It's a human nature feeling. To want to show them. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, you didn't want me, you know. And again, don't, you, you know what? When you get dressed before the game, when you get dressed before the game, first of all, you got to put money on the board, right, against your former team. But that's all you hear, guys. I mean, because usually they shut the music probably 20, 25 minutes before you go out there for warm-up. And I'm telling you right now, it's every team I've played on. And they, <laughs> the more teams you've played on, the more times you hear it. You know, they'll tell you, yeah, AJ, that team took a big dump on your head there, big fella. And then, you know what I mean? And then Rude. You con you, 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 you constantly, <laughs> and graphic. you're constantly reminded that those guys took a dump on you. And and, and it's it's the fact it's the Vegas Golden Knights five, six years ago factor, the misfits, right? Yep. It is it's it's a true phenomenon. And and you wanna go there, you wanna play, and you wanna play good, and you wanna contribute, and you wanna hurt your former team. And you do. 
because they let you go. So they affected your ego somewhere. <laughs> We're, you're not good enough. We don't want you. And, and it, it is a true phenomenon. Uh, the other side of this conversation, this is the version of Val Nichushkin that is worth that contract. I, the play is just so, 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 so good. And, and you saw the underlying stuff be really, really good for most of the night. The finishing didn't come until it did. You know, that's a bit lucky for Val, no doubt. A, a flipped puck that just comes right up the slot, too. Yeah, right place, right you time. You take what you can get. At the same time, when you go however many games without a real goal, because yeah. his only goal was the empty netter in Seattle for a while. Yep. When you go that many games, you're not getting any of those things. It's true. So this is just this is just a guy that regularly goes to the net, was not getting anything that was, you know, popping to his stick. And, and if you have the right process enough, Eventually, the great thing about hockey, that stuff evens out over time. May not be one for one, but it gets pretty close to where you should be. And that started to happen. That has started to even out over time. Yep. This isn't Val's new normal. He will have struggles again. He's not going to continue to deflect pucks in every night and then sure. get a freebie off of Essel. I think it was Essel Lindell's stick. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. You know, the process is paying off for him. Because he's putting himself in good positions. He's working hard. He's winning battles. He's extending possessions with the with the hunting of pucks on offense. He's doing all the right things, and you're seeing it pay off. And it, just in the nick of time, yep. Arturi Lekkinen goes down. He stepped onto the top line and has been fantastic since. Do we have a pizza sponsor or no? We used to. We right now. Okay, so so this is I teach young kids, right? I, I always say, kids, you like pizza? They go, yes. I So I call it Pizza Hut. Like, the outside of the right, the posts, you know, do a pizza shape. Like, you want to score goals, you go to Pizza Hut. You like pizza? You go to Pizza <laughs> Hut. That's where you go. So if Val Nikushkin, like, goes five feet to the right and doesn't get into the pie shape, you know, uh, he doesn't get that puck. So, yeah, it's a lucky bounce, but he went to Pizza Hut because he wanted pizza. You know what I mean? He did. And and that's how you score goals. You start talking I mean? about pizza, you're making me hungry. Yeah, I know, man. I, I just love want to pizza. eat pizza now. It's a, you want pizza, you go to Pizza Hut, and Pizza Hut's in front of the net. You show me the sh the, the heat chart, right? Ugh. You don't score goals from the corner. You got to get to the front, and that's where you'll you score five of them a year. Oh yeah, and great. it'll be like. Great. What was the goalie thing? Miko scored that one in LA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hasn't happened since. Yeah. Or Top Bedard cut. scored from the corner, right? You know, yeah, like two exactly. games, whatever, last week. Better sick. analogy than I thought you are going to, like, be putting a slice of pizza in front oh, of the crease or something on the ice. That would Yeah, that would have been a tough one for me. But the kids love it. They're like, oh, I want pizza. All right, go to Pizza Hut. Go. Right. Val now 13 points in 16 games. What the doctor ordered for the Evs? Yeah, because no. even <laughs> more <laughs> in reflecting on Rantanen's goal, it's Val Nichushkin's role on that play that Absolutely. allows Miko Rantanen to enter this game and be Miko Rantanen. Yep. He was another player I thought was a little too passive through that point, but yep. only players with Rantanen's skill can make that play complete. Love and it, it's with the help of a player like Nichushkin. And I think this is something that the top six is still balancing, figuring out is who's going to compliment who. And tonight, Val Nichushkin complimented everybody in the top six. And, and, and to your point there, and I love Logan O'Connor. What a nice guy. Right? We love Logan O'Connor, right? Yep. Friend of the show. 
You give Logan that puck there where Val had 25 times, you won't score once. But you give that big fella, the big moose, yeah. 25 times that puck, he'll score 20 out of 25. And that's what makes him special, you know? Backhand's unreal, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get yours here at the bar uh, on tap, eight different kinds you can try. We had a, a number of Avs fans come out and say hi to us today, so... Shout out the people who came down to the bar. We appreciate you. We got one hanging out up here with us. Uh, always a good time here, but you can find it anywhere in the 50 United States with the Breck Brew Locator online at BreckenridgeBrewery.com. Uh, go check them out. And then you also missed out on a bunch of ticket giveaways for the Circa Broncos trip. Gave away a bunch of tickets for a two-night stay in Vegas over at Circa Tonight. They're giving away more at the tailgate tomorrow for the Broncos game, so you can still get in. You can still win some tickets. You can still go enjoy yourself out in Vegas in January. Have a great time out at Circa. Make sure you get yourself down to the tailgate tomorrow. Have a great time. And if you're ever going to Vegas, you can get a good chunk of change off when you use the DNVR code when booking with Circa. Go check them out. Uh third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast you guys already started finally (laughs) do you just want to pop off no okay what i want to ask is did friend of the show joe sackick like the game (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that's a little diagonal joe approved (laughs) the other way there you go yes good guy Uh, i certainly like the second half of it i bet I don't know how much you like the first half. I don't know how long this is going to go on. It's so he's pretty just, impressive. Yeah. He's just going to keep agreeing with us. That that bobblehead spring is locked and loaded. Uh, I'm not sure it's been used before. <laughs> you guys started talking about the Miko goal. The guy who was a little bit quiet the other night in the Avs win as well. I, I can't explain that backhand because yeah. it's not from this planet. But a guy that if he gets his opportunities is going to come through for you. Yeah, and he didn't score. He had one earlier in the game. He doesn't score yeah. on it. And we were like... Puts it right into Andres' you could, You yep. could see it in his face he, that he, he was just like... Mm. He knows. He knows. I've got that in the bag. Yep. Boy, does he ever... I mean, that's a ridiculous call. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, Nachushkin just, like, backhands it. Like, he's like, I'm just throwing this at the net. This isn't going to go in. Hoping for the best. And yeah. it lands right on Rantanen's stick. If you're the stars, you're like, this is a pretty good deal for us. Colorado's top line is just throwing backhands. And then one of them just happens to be a ranted in backhand. That's a missile. <laughs> and it beats Andre. You can't even be mad at Andre because you're like, what goalie is thinking, yeah, that's coming at me. Yeah, his eyes on the back of his head. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> but not a chance. So, I mean, that's that's where you look at Miko Ranton and you're like, this is why we talk about him as a top 10 player in the NHL. Yeah. Because, oh, he has a quiet game. You know that those don't last for elite players. You know that they don't string together lots of these things. So he kind of kind of has a quiet game a couple nights ago. All right, cool. That happens. He's kind of had quite a, a quiet start to this. Missed an opportunity. He did not miss that thing. No. And that's, that's a game-changing player making a game-changing play. Yep. Because that is insanely deflating. Yep. The entire – I'm going to go back a little bit, but the entire Dallas team – starts to emotionally fall apart when the Avs score that second goal. Yep. Because all of a sudden, that 3-0 lead is gone, and they are staring down the barrel of a team that is starting to take it to them, has started to turn up the wick defensively quite a bit, and they... You get into that third period, and you're getting run. 
I mean, the Avalanche dominate them in the third period. Yep. Not just in just when they score the goal, and then oh, then now it's tied, and then the evens out of a little. No, they have just continued to dominate them. Shots were fifteen to six. Dominated them. Yeah. And we're, we've talked about oh, you know, I'm mad about the first period and shit, but we've talked all season. Third, you'd rather be a third period team than a first period team. All right, your first oh, periods sure. need to get better. Agreed. But this third period stuff starting to get ridiculous. This yep. is a Dallas team that walks in with a ton of confidence. They've been great this year. They've got an elite goaltender who's been great. They have all the elements of walking out of there with a regulation win and turning a three-point lead in the division into a five-point lead and saying, come and chase us. Instead, it's Spend a one-point lead. Spend all season yeah. chasing us down. Well, it didn't take all season. It took a good third period from Colorado. <laughs> a great third period from Colorado. They just chased him down in one period. That has to scare the shit out of you if you're the Stars. Yep. You just did that with a 3 nothing lead on home ice. You've got no real injury issues compared to what the Avalanche have, which is not major. It's Lekkanen. Like, it's, you know, Lekkanen and Manson. It's not insignificant, but it's not half the lineup. Not but you're still star. looking at it going, okay, what changes as the season goes on? If they have a healthy lineup, oh, great. They get worse to play against? <laughs> great. <laughs> because the Avalanche just kicked the shit out of, out of Dallas. They did. In Dallas, in the second half of that game. And you could talk about score effects, whatever, whatever, whatever. But once that the snowball got rolling downhill, it turned into an avalanche. Absolutely. They got buried. I mean, that is, that is absolutely an ass-kicking that just got laid on them. And the rest of the West, you know, Vegas, Vegas is starting to struggle a little bit. They're giving up a bunch of goals. You know, Hilimanjaro is crumbling. <laughs> Predictable. I, I, yeah, right? <laughs> and what is it with... We're talking about the Avalanche. Oh, they've got big problem here, big problem there, big problem there. And they're laying six goals on the Stars like this? They are just laying beatdowns on teams when they're winning games. Their losses have been bad, and there's no getting around that. For sure. But where are they now? They're 12-5? They're and five? One point back of the lead of the division? Yeah, you're one back of your division leader. Is, is it 12? Is it 11? 11. 11? Okay. 10, no. Yeah, it's 11. It's 11. It? All right. So you're at 11. If <laughs> We're talking about them like they've got major holes here. And yeah, they have problems. But their underlying numbers, we've talked all season, they've been really strong. They've been really good. They were, The results are starting to match with that. This was their second biggest game of the season, and it started very, very poorly. But the way that it finished, I talked earlier about there's a vacuum in leadership. There's a problem there. They're having a hard time here. Okay. Well, they seem to solve it halfway through this hockey game. Yep. <laughs> the, the level of ass-kicking that they just lay on the Dallas Stars cannot be overstated. Yes, it is It is 16 games into the season, and we're not going to talk about this game. If they end up in the playoffs against each other, that's not going to be a focus or anything. But in the moment that you're in, that is a whooping, and that is a message to everybody else out west. But you still have an apex predator out there that's just not at the top of its game yet. Because when it is, you are not beating them. Well, and I think to go back to your first point, we've talked about the mental side of things a lot. You're getting to the point now where every team playing the Avs, if they're going into the third period with a one-goal lead, they're going, oh, shit. Yeah, they're, they're walking into it like they have a one-goal deficit. Yeah. Because the Avs have been that dominant in third periods. Yep. 
Uh, the other side of this, you kind of already talked. Oh, did you have something to say on that? Go ahead. I wanted to revisit my criticisms of their emotional and mental response early in the game because mm-hmm. both teams were met with demoralizing moments in this game and both had the opportunity to respond to them and the Avs took the route of responding with six unanswered goals. That does take some maturity within the group to be able to find that within themselves. And I really do credit the momentum swing brought about from the wood goal. I think it was really important that they had it when they did because they were able to draw a lot of energy from that. But not every team is capable of that, Dallas included. And granted, they had a much shorter window to respond to the Avs getting the lead in the game when they did because it happened later, but the deficit wasn't as great as three goals, at least to start. And Miko Rantanen's goal is really what was the nail in the coffin. It's what had Dallas pinned to the mat and allowed the Cogliano goal and then eventually the empty net goal to just really... that At that point, that was just superfluous. And yeah. I think it is worth noting then the maturity of this Avs group, though it's come under question because of leadership concerns through this point. It still does take a lot of maturity within a group to be able to turn the game around the way in which they did. And it's something that I'm proud of them for because I was critical at the start of this game that they didn't even belong in the conversation of can they compete with Dallas, but they proved by the end of it that they do belong in that conversation. And perhaps it's Dallas that has to answer that, go home tonight and answer that question. Yep. I remember, I mean, one of my hockey no-nos is always the shift after a goal. Yep. If If you're the Avs tonight, Right? You score 2-11. and 11. If you're Dallas, <laughs> that's deadly. Yep. You give up in the playoffs 2-11, and 11, you're not winning that game. I mean, 99% of the time, you're not getting in the W call. And, well, especially then. There's no... Obviously, Dallas giving up four straight is bad from them. But then to give up the fifth one after 11 seconds more, game's just over. There is no coming back from that as Dallas's side of it. And to your point, Megan, the stark contrast of this game compared to the Blues game a week ago, where the Avs more or less just went away in that hockey game after falling behind in it. Yeah. It it just goes to show, you don't love them going down 3-0, but maybe that Blues game was more of the fluky, out-of-place one as compared to a team that is in it and knows how to win games. And not to to overstate a win in November, the 16th game of of the season, whatever, whatever. But the difference between them being five points back after tonight, if yep. they lose it in regulation, which they were on their way to doing, now they're one point back. And you look at their upcoming schedule. We had spent this week mentioning you know, here and there that winning that game sets them up yep. to make a move in the standings and to put a little distance, you know, to, to be competitive, you know, fight tooth and nail with Dallas, but put distance between those top two spots and everybody else. Yep. Let me Lock ask you guys a, this. A playoff spot in theory. Regulation win tonight. They're, de- they're back one from Dallas. One week from tonight, after the Flames game in Denver. Yeah. Is Dallas still leading the division? I'm going to say no. I think it's I think it's the Avs time. And that's, that's where responding to that Blues fiasco. Yep. And picking yourself up off that mat. Last year was the Chicago game. We talked yep. after that game. We said, hey, they they decide that this is rock bottom. Yep. Did the Avalanche just have that moment in November this year? And are about to go on a run. <laughs> right. Because if they go on and they they go back and they have another eight and two stretch, you know, oh, they go eight and two. That builds towards, okay, now you've had two eight and two segments, you know, whatever, whatever it is. You you start to put so much distance between you and even wild card spots. 
that it becomes hard for you to have a conversation about, look, even if we have a bad stretch here, we're not missing the playoffs, which was always premature. But the more you hang around and let five or six teams be within a couple points of you, the more that conversation carries on. And now you you go to Nashville. This is a gigantic confidence building win. You go to Nashville with an opportunity to, okay, we've won three in a row. You can't have that be the letdown game. Yep. You need to continue building. And this is where the emotional maturity has to come in. You say, all right, you go into Nashville, you get two more points. Now you've won four in a row. And the rest of the division is like, oh, crap. <laughs> these, these guys. <laughs> they are, figured it here. out. Yeah. Here we go, guys. It's like year four of this shit. <laughs> like these guys, they're, they're going to get hot and they're going to dust all of us. <laughs> And how have you, you want to talk about two teams in two different places. Go to that Blues win and yep. look what's happened after. The abs, <laughs> the abs have straight up. Yep. That needle's gone straight up. It's the exact opposite for the Blues. You get rocked by San Jose. Last I saw, they were down 4 nothing after the first period in L.A. tonight. Still the case, yeah. That game last week is looking more and more like their Stanley Cup and Colorado's wake-up moment. Yep. Well said. Uh... Over 200 likes, and we have a ton of Super Chats. Thank you so much, chat. We appreciate y'all a ton. Let's get to some of those Super Chats. Oh, jeez. $10 from Taylor, who says, What a game. Awesome experience at the DNVR bar. Great to meet, Rudo. How about the third line? Love their energy game in and game out. Feels like they give up. They give the top line a boost of a consistent basis. Eric talks about this all the time. How many goals did the top line score that you're saying, hey, that third line went out there, tired him out, got you an offensive zone face-off. It's a team game. Well, now that line is producing enough offense that they're a threat of their you're own. You're starting to come around to the idea that that's your most important line. Sure. Like, obviously, your top line is your top line. They have to be your best player, whatever, whatever. But the way that that third line works and chips away yep. and grinds and it just gets the abs, it drags the abs into games on bad nights. Did tonight on, on, on nights where you're like this is not great they're dragging the avalanche into it because they are relentless and this is what we talked about in the offseason with wood and colton bringing a level of consistent competitiveness yep they drag the avalanche into a healthier headspace and then once the rest of them get there this is what you get this is what you you see that yep uh, 599 or 499 from Banks, who says, After 03, I was thinking Blues or Vegas, but the boys' vibes at the end of the second was Hammer Avs minus one and a half in the third at plus 225. And I listened. Let's go. By finally paying off the bets for Banks. They're coming in for him. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people were probably in that headspace of here we go again when that game got to 3 0. But luckily, the Avs sorted it out and weren't in that headspace themselves. So. They deserve all the credit in the world for, for turning that around. Uh, five ninety four. I keep $5. I can speak from Vaguely Sober. Uh, sweaty boy for Callahan Burke getting his first of the season. The Eagles tied at two with San Jose in the third. They go on to win that game as Vaguely Sober points out with another super chat uh, who gives the sweaty boys to Ben Myers, who gets mm -hmm. the OT winner for the Eagles. So it's the Colorado double win tonight. How'd the grit do? Did they, did they figure it out? Nah, tragic. God. Can't have every team win in Colorado, I guess. Uh, and then uh, he also is popping off for Callahan. Burke, second goal of the season as well. Vaguely sober. The big Eagles fan in chat. Uh, $20 from Taylor, who says, just a general shout-out to the DNVR fam. Great people. Thank you so much, Taylor. Appreciate it a ton. 
Uh, and then $20 from Jim, who says, Never a doubt, this team is gutsy. Don't doubt them. They will be a cup contender yet again. Uh, the Bozo haters will figure it out. Wanted to share some of my winnings with the DNVR squad. Thank you so much, Jim. $20, a lot of money. We appreciate it from all of you. Uh, $5 from the walrus man himself. Uh, was here for the watch along. I couldn't watch the game. Never got a notification for the post game pod, but I'm here for the recap. Love you guys. Bye. Uh, thank you very much. $2 from the Schick, who says, This team is cool. This pod is cool. So I, that, well said. That's all we had to say for the whole show. I well think said. that, that would have covered it all. Uh, and then, uh, absolutely uh, ridiculous super chat at the end here. The big $50 from Tyler, who says, By far the best game I've seen so far. Much love from the Avs fan in Indy. $50 is a ridiculous amount. I mean, that's just craziness. Thank you so much. For Tyler and all of you who gave us Super Chats, we appreciate it a ton, and it means a lot for us. Uh, moving into the, the final part of the show, any final thoughts? Anything you guys wanted to touch on? <laughs> Just Joe Sackick bobblehead. <laughs> think that sums it up. That's what I wanted to touch on. <laughs> Carry it on to Nashville, right? Carry it, Carry on, it on. Yeah. Make sure, That's man. right. We talked about that. Then the, you win that one, it's, it's a winning streak, right? Because mm -hmm. it's three. You know, two is yep. two, you know. You, got, is, you have Nashville, which you worry about being a trap game because it's yep. in between Dallas and Vancouver, which has set up it to be a, another big game out west. Uh, and then, you know, you always want to win those division games. Got a big week. Got a big week coming. Yep. You get you get Nashville, Vancouver, Minnesota, Calgary. If you go four and zero in that week, you feel pretty good. You yeah. go three and three and one. You feel pretty good. You feel pretty good. And with that schedule, three and one should be your baseline of success. We got a late super sticker here. Ten dollars from Roy, who says, "Character holding their hands together, saying thanks." <laughs> Thank you very much, Roy. I miss the dramatic reading voice. <laughs> there haven't been any super stickers this year. That's like the first one. Yeah. So, uh, all right. One final question: Would you guys say the goaltenders tonight were leaky? Yes. They should probably get Red Hawk Roofing. <laughs> Go over to Red Hawk Roofing if you're having any leaks in your roof or if you just want to get it checked out. It's a free consultation. They'll come out. They'll inspect your roof. They'll even take pictures for you. They'll make sure you know exactly what's going on up there. They will do it all for free, all that for free, and they'll tell you how to get it done, and then they'll get it done for you if you do have a problem. They have 24-7 response times, too, so they'll help you out if you have an emergency leak, anything like that. Get on over to Red Hawk Roofing today. Check them out. They'll get you all sorted out, whatever roof you got going on. The snow's coming, so make sure your roof is good to go with Red Hawk Roofing. And if you're trying to get in on an Avs game coming up here, get in through game time. You can get the best prices through game time with code DNVR. When you sign up with your new account, your first purchase gets $20 off. So there's even cheaper tickets right there. Go in with them. If you wait for like last minute deals, you can get a great price. If you do the section selector or you pick the section, they pick the tickets. You'll save like 20%. They have all sorts of other options too. And it's not just sports. They'll get you into the concerts. They'll get you into theaters, wherever you want to go. Game time has you covered with the best ticket prices around. Download the app today. Join the over 15 million people who have used game time to get tickets and get into whatever sporting event you're trying to get into. That's all we got for the day. We appreciate y'all for hanging out with us. It was a fun one. Hope y'all enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, we are off.
tomorrow, but we're back Monday. So be sure to tune in for all of that. Check out ddnvr.com. We'll have written pieces. We'll have video pieces. We got it all coming your way. Like and subscribe here on YouTube. Do all the good stuff. We appreciate y'all, and we will talk to you on Monday. We're all silly like the mayor. 